Hi, I'm Donnie Funk, and I'm running for City Council in District 4. The City of Lee Summit has many critical decisions ahead of it with the undeveloped PRI land coming available to the market. We cannot outgrow our public safety services or our school district. It is imperative we have an open dialogue and collaborate with our citizens, public safety officials, school district, and our community stakeholders regarding the future of our city. I believe I have the experience and leadership skills to help facilitate these conversations so we can grow responsibly. Hope you'll vote for me on April 7th. Jason? Today's episode of the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast is brought to the good people by Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Budget Blinds! Hey, did you know that Budget Blinds is the home for Signature Series Automated Shades, and they provide a safer environment for your children and your pets? I'm just saying that our robot shade overlords will protect us all. That they will. It's that cordless nature that makes it safe for everybody. They're also programmable, which is fun. We talked about this before. You can use your phone, your Alexa, a remote, your Google, whatever smart device you want. Make those shades go up and down, which is a lot more efficient. There you go. Keep your home safer and a little bit more energy friendly. And once again, hail our robot shade overlords. So if you're ready to make that change, if you're ready to make your home more efficient and safer, go see our friends at Budget Blinds of Lee Summit. Tell them Jason Nick Sega. Hello and welcome to the Lee Summit Town Hall Podcast. In this Friday episode, we are joined today by our first batch of school board candidates. We have Kathy Campbell. Don't forget me. David Thompson. I'm always going to forget you. And Larry Anderson. And then there's, yeah, my co-host Jason Norberry is back with us on this Friday. Jason, I'm tired of you on twice a week. Well, you're going to have to do it for another month and a half, so (laughs) too bad. There's a lot of candidates this year. There's a lot of stuff to talk about, yep. But if anybody is like us, if anybody else gets nerdy about election season, then then that's a good thing. That's true. It's a good thing. For the nine people that are like us, (laughs) this is the best thing that they've done all week. Let's walk a little through, walk through a little bit about what we're doing. We are going to have this conversation with these these three candidates. We're going to talk a little bit about who they are, why they're running, what the, what they see as issues and opportunities facing the district. We're going to run through a very similar format with two other batches of three candidates, so we can get through all nine of them. It's a conversational format, so while the topics will be the same, the questions won't always be the same for each of the nine candidates. Let's get this started. Just do it. All right. Kathy, I'm going to start with you. I'm going to give you the very difficult question. Why are you running? I am passionate about our educational opportunities for our Lee Summit kids. And because of that passion, I'm excited to run. And I hope that everyone will get out and vote on April 7th. I've been a part of the Lee Summit community for over 20 years. I moved to Lee Summit for the schools. I raised both my boys here in Lee Summit. And through all those years, I did a lot of volunteer work in and out of the classrooms, working with our students, working with other parents, working with our teachers, administrators, and support staff. And I just loved every minute. And as a natural next step, I want to represent the community and work hard for this school district as a member of the school board. Okay, David, I'm going to look at you next, and I'm going to let you answer the exact same question. This is the one time that we're going to give the same question to everybody is, is, is here at the beginning. Tell us why you're running. Why did you, why did you throw your name in the hat? As a 40-year, near 40-year resident of Lee Summit and having had three children graduate from the school system, um, having this, observing the episode we have had in the past year with the past superintendent and the one prior to him uh, 
came to see that in the community there seems to be a strong lack of communication and fear, just general fear that's in our society. Uh, communication between economic and racial groups. And I want to throw my hat in the, the ring just to have my voice heard. Because there's, you know, Churchill said there's nothing to fear but fear itself. And our country is in that position right now. I'm going to put a pin in that because I'm going to come back to the whole, that that very thing next. But first, Larry, I want to I want to throw it at you. Take 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 30 seconds or so and tell us why you decided to run for the board of education this time. Well, I saw a need. I saw a need on the board for people that can interact with the different personalities and the different backgrounds on the board, and interact in a way that promotes communication and promotes information exchange. And uh, I have the experience and background to do that, and that's, that's, that's what I want to do is meet that need, and I want to work for the community to do that. Okay, thank you. Well, Nick, you said you wanted to follow up, so let's just jump I, right into I, it. I do. I, I want to I come back to David on this. You, you said in your, in your introduction there, and you said in your, your responses to our questionnaire, you, you, you very simply said, I want to add my voice. What what is that voice? What what do you think has been missing? Where why do you think your voice is going to? What do you think your voice will add? I guess to the conversations in our district that that are happening or that need to happen. My last child graduated from uh, Lee Summit North close to twenty years ago, close to that. And since that time, the the makeup of the community in that high school area has changed dramatically with the. Uh, introduction of more, more multifamily housing. And when they had the this disparity in academic achievement between the racial groups and they had the, the desire to have diversity training, what I saw was that the people from the majority population main concern is to make sure their children get the best education possible. And the fear was, I think, that by diverting attention one way, theirs would receive less attention and less academic uh, performance, perhaps. That uh, is, a, is just a generalized fear that we have in our society right now. Got to get mine and being a person who's worked with more majority people in my career as a physician, I've always been a minority, extreme minority in the workplace and have never had a problem with expressing myself and getting some of those I work with. We don't always agree. But understanding that being the fear and loss of control, we don't have the control we think we have. But that fear is pervasive in our society. I want the people to know that if we're going to improve our society, we have to know that the stronger do have to bear the infirmities of the weak. And we can do that without decreasing the performance of our top students and all students. David, let, let's follow up on that. I, I think that some of those voices were raised and that was at at least some of that conversation, whether it was avoided or not, was at the heart of uh, the, I, I think we can just call it the troubles with the superintendent and the board uh, in 2019. How do you, 
how do you feel like you will be able to bring this this idea? I mean, and honestly, it will be challenging to some of the the sitting members of the school board. How do you think that's going to interact or in, impact your relationship with the board, the rest of the board, as well as with our new superintendent? I believe that uh, it, we have to reason together and use both the information that's available, scientific. There's a lot of sociological studies, psychology studies that show that when people can, good people of goodwill will sit down and listen to the other person. You can usually come up with a, an understanding that will work. And my experience with the residents of Lee Summit have been that there are far more people of goodwill than there are of ill will or ill-tempered. My experience is a wonderful community, but general population that works. So, Larry, since we're talking about, and this is one of the topics that I know we raised on the questionnaire, and it's something that's out there, how do you interact with, how do you intend to really interact with the community? How do you want to bring your voice, and what does your voice add to the, the conversation at large? Well, interacting with the community, you know, the ways and the, and the tools to do that, quite honestly, are, are already there. And I think what happens with that interaction in the community comes becomes sus suspicious of what's going on with the board because they see that the board is not collaborating. And when there's a lack of collaboration, then there's a lack of trust. And, and that's, you know, just a fact. And that's what's happened to us. And so is the communication broken down? No, it's really not. It's just the fact that what the, what the community sees, what the administration sees, is the inability of the board to function. And when they see that inability, then their leadership is gone, and then there's doubt in the leadership. So once we change that, and once we get that collaboration back on track, and the, and, and, and the board makes the adjustments and learn how to do that, the, the information will flow through the normal channels that are already there, and there's already channels that we have for getting, getting information out on the board that's sent out by the school district. I mean, they'll be very informative. And... Uh, I think that's a way to go. Okay. Well, I, I, I think you're, I want to ask you a follow-up on your, your comment about collaboration and the board working together. I think there was a significant criticism uh, at the end, by the end of Dr. McGahee's uh, tenure as the superintendent. I know we're going back here a little bit, that the, that the school board I don't know if you're allowed to go back that far. I, well, you know, <laughs> I, all of us are old enough to remember okay. six years ago, so I think we're okay. Um, and anyway, so... That the, the school board served as little more than a rubber stamp. Um, so how do you balance the communication issue or the need to collaborate with the, without getting to be perceived, if not actually, um, someone who's not doing the work of guiding the district or pushing the districts, you know, pushing and pulling with the district to get them to follow the vision that you guys are setting as elected officials? Well, again, the reason the flag was raised is because there were a discrepancy between what the uh, the superintendent was expecting he was supposed to do and what the board felt was supposed to be done. So that right there tells me that the communication has broke down and has been broke down for a while. And so that's the root of the problem. And, that's, and that starts by the inability of the board to maintain focus on what's important. In other words, I can probably be pretty confident that the evaluation process that the board was under while the board or that the superintendent was under was not probably not very thorough enough 
and it was let slid, and so they both started going in these divergent directions, and in the end, all of a sudden, guess what? We're not accomplishing what we thought we were supposed to be accomplishing. So that's the problem, and that's, that's what I'm talking about, learning how to interact with these different personalities and these different ways of looking at things. But what's more important with that is that every one of those individuals on the board have to have a relationship with the superintendent. And that's a cultivated relationship that's got to be held up high, and you have to work and manage that. And the way you hold the superintendent up accountable is you have a thorough evaluation process, and you, and you initiate it, and you become very specific on what are the goals that both agree on what you're going to get at, and then you agree to meet on a regular basis to evaluate, are we getting close to those goals, or are we diverging away, and we need to make some adjustments or back? Because definitely what happened this last go-round was the board is expecting one thing and the superintendent was on another path and there was no collaboration or communication. I want to I bring Kathy in uh, and, and stick with this, this thread just, just a little bit. I, I think there are, there are maybe a few bullet points we could, we could do under, under the thread of, of communication. But I'm going I'm to start with, with, with this. He just talked a lot about the communication between the board and the superintendent. When you look at the role of the school board and yourself as a board member, if you are to be elected, how do you think that that relationship should be, and how should how should that communication flow go back and forth be- between the the board who who is overseeing the person that they hire, which is the which is the superintendent? How do you see that going back and forth? Well, definitely, it needs to be a collaborative relationship. But collaborative doesn't mean that we aren't going to have times that we disagree. We're going to look to the superintendent to have a strategic vision for our district that we share and we grow. And we're going to have to have conversations around that. And we're going to have to ask sometimes tough questions and listen to each other and learn from each other. You know, I'm going to rely a lot, not only on the superintendent, but on all of his administrative support staff to help me learn and understand the data and evaluating the data to make decisions, on looking at the communication from our community and what I'm hearing and listening and learning from our community, and represent that information and digest that information and collaborate with my fellow board members and the superintendent so that we can get to an agreement. But it may take some tough questions and some tough conversations to get in alignment with our focused goal always being on what's best for our Lee Summit kids. You talk a lot about collaboration there. There is another piece to it, which is the overseer. Mm-hmm. That 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 the, the, the board has a has a job, a duty yes. to, to 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 do some checks and balances with the superintendent and to hold them accountable for the priorities that are outlined in that contract. So how do you how do you mesh those two things about going back and forth and wanting to collaborate with sometimes you have to hold their feet to the fire. Well, and that's what governance is all about. It's accountability. And we've made a lot of commitments as a board and as a district to our community that we need to make sure that the superintendent and our teachers, administrators are all delivering on every day. But it's a performance management view. And just like in the workplace, if you have clear goals that you have expectations and accountability set up for, and you're tracking on those accountabilities for completion and success, then you're going to be successful overall in that governance role. I want to go... 
David, I'd like you to, to to bounce in on this. And the other topic, I think, as we as we kind of finish up, maybe this this communication aspect of it, is um, perception. There, I think it's fair to say that there is a, a perception that the public as a whole doesn't totally trust the school district. That this has come up a lot. So, what can you, as a new member of that board, if you're elected, what can you do I, to improve that communication between the board and its constituents so that there is a level of trust between the two? Be available and open and tell the truth. I think I, I would like to stress with each incoming kindergarten class to the parents of how important their participation is. And, and we need to stress that down even into preschool because we're lacking there as a society. But we only have kindergarten. And from the start, parents who participate in their children's education, the children do better. Some parents, no matter, they have to. And that's a start. Communication, pushing that, that we have to tell the truth. When the district, when the city became, the, the, the nation became aware of our superintendent's uh, behavior, a violation of conduct like that shouldn't even cross an administrator's mind. That's you would you'd expect a person to resign before they do it. But that's nowadays people do anything. Are are there some specific things that maybe you think the the board and board members can do to 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 improve communication? Are there are there some tools? Are there some 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 ideas in your head that that can get better? I know you have regularly scheduled meetings between school board, superintendent, and and the public also. But people need to have to be familiar with one another. The only way you do that is to to make friendships, mesh as best you can, so that you're open and and comfortable with telling the truth and. And telling all about yourself as much as you as you bear, but that I don't even know any way to open up communication other than to meet with someone uh, on a regular basis. All right, well, we're going to shift just a little bit, and Kathy, I'm going to come to you for this one. Um, we're going to we we've been talking a little bit about it around it anyway already. Um, we're going to talk about equity. Um, I think that has been the buzzword in the uh, on the R7 school board's lips for a lot of the last, well, two years, really three years, if you want to push it back far enough. Kathy, you said in your questionnaire, which will be available at linktolisummit.com, um, Nick likes it when I plug, so we have to do that, that you are, you are committed to following the steps on the equity plan, but you gave it with this a, a, an interesting caveat that we have currently agreed to for the year. So I guess, are you, are you saying that are you at a point where you could change your mind on how we're going to go forward on following the equity plan going forward? Oh, I don't want any confusion on this. I support the equity plan that was voted on in 2019. 
that plan wasn't a one-year plan. That's a long-term strategic plan for the district. It's not gonna take one year to work through and make changes that we need to make. So when we talk about equity and my support of the equity plan, that's long-term, and that's a vision that I think needs to be in our strategic plan. Okay, uh, well, let me follow really quick with that. It, it, the board in 2019 and their mm-hmm. votes following in the circus that followed a lot of these sorts of things voted to hire the consultant for one year only to commit for just the one year. So obviously this is a vote that's going to be coming up here probably nine minutes after one of you is elected to the school board. What metrics are you going to use or either you're going to want to use to help figure out whether or not to continue the work with the consultant or to take it all essentially in-house? So it's my understanding that the feedback specifically on the training piece of the equity plan has been very good from the folks that have participated. But we're not 100% through participation. And I don't believe we likely will be by the time we get to that point. So I think we're going to have to evaluate. Is the feedback good? Are we hearing good feedback from the folks that are participating? And I liked what one of the EEC gentlemen said when he was presenting to the board. You know, we're not going to see a direct line to a test score improving because of this equity training. But what we are going to see is incremental changes over time that will then feed and bring about those equity changes that we need to see for our students in our district. And I think that's really important that we focus on that. But I want to circle back, and I appreciate that we moved on from communication, but I think there's something pretty important that I'd like to point out around communication. I think we had a great example of communication between the board and the district and the community when we looked at the rollout of the CFMP plan. We saw them going to schools and doing presentations. We saw surveys being taken. So input, information coming in from the community in multiple ways, phone calls, surveys. We saw information going out, emails, websites, you know, different types of communication venues so that people had the opportunity in the way they like to consume information to get that information. And if we can focus on that level of communication strategy for our district, we're going to see success in that transparency that we really need between the board and the community. Larry, I'm going to I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to I'm actually going to merge the two topics a little bit here. I want to talk a little bit. Uh, I, Wait, this this was not in our plan. No, I. I, I You're just changing the plan. On we me. didn't vote on a plan. There, I, it, plus, <laughs> my show. There will be a cost to pay. Larry, Larry, I think we can all say that a lot of the the headaches and consternation that surrounded the debates about about the equity talk. And I, and I and I'm, I'm going to ask you about your evaluation of it, how you would do it in, in a second. But first. Can't we all agree that a lot of that happened because we didn't communicate well, because we didn't have processes similar to what Kathy just talked about with the CFMP? Did I do it right that time? In, in a rare, well, in a big upset, <laughs> in a big upset. This is like a we 16 need a bell one. for me getting that acronym. This is correct. like a one sixteen NCAA's upset. Um, do you think it's because we didn't communicate well? Could that have could that have stopped or prevented? A lot of the, the the public consternation and the headaches and I mean, look, it wasn't pretty in our community for a few months. Was that a total communication breakdown? 
Yes, it was. And and what what Kathy is talking about is, you know, we have professionals coming in and 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 implementing the communication process because that's what they do all the time. That didn't happen with this equity plan. You know, that was between the board and the superintendent and pretty much that, you know, there was limited input around. I know there was work groups and stuff, but when what the red flag is is when we come down to the vote and there's half saying yes and half saying no, then that's the red flag. And that's when the community, again, is saying, wait a minute, what's going on here? How come the superintendent and the board are not in a total agreement before we come to this vote and, and, and we're moving forward with the equity plan? So what's again is what's happened is that there's the lack of communication and there's a lack of goal setting and a lack of collaboration between those two groups. That should have been resolved long before it came up for vote. And there should have been the work groups and the communication between the board and the superintendent to facilitate that process when it wasn't. I, I want to ju jump in real quick on that. Do you think it's important that those things are worked out behind the scenes and when it comes to a board meeting and it's a time to vote on that, that the decisions made and the board and the superintendent are already in agreement? Is that important? Yes. That is part of doing your homework in order to do your job as a board member and a superintendent. We don't have the superintendent and the board member doing their own thing. The superintendent is not supposed to come to the board and say, here's what I got, and the board says, ah, we don't like this. Go back and do it again. That's not co-leadership. You know, that may have been the way it was done 20, 30 years ago, but we know that that's not an effective way to, to lead lead school districts the the community expects more out of that the community is highly educated we expect our students to be educated and we expect more out of our leadership and that means we've got co-leaderships we've got the board and we got the superintendent and co-leadership process and the board members are very comfortable and understand how to navigate those overlaps and where they are supposed to chime in and where they are supposed to back off so when it comes down to collaboration, which didn't happen, was is you are not about who gives up what. Collaboration is about understanding what the other party needs are and trying to meet those needs. And I have a good example for that in my previ previous board experience. We were hiring a new superintendent. I was the only holdout. And I was trying to ask the president, why do you want to go for this candidate? Everybody else wanted this candidate but me. And I kept pressuring him, and he got angry. And he didn't understand how the communication process, he goes like... So, Larry, let me ask a question. Did, was this at the dais or was it in, in, in meetings that were not in the public? No, this was, this was in closed session. Okay. Because we're, we're talking about hiring an individual, okay? And so, when, when I pressed the president of, the, of this board that I, that I was on, he got defensive. And he said, you know what? I made my decision and that's the end of it. That's not how boards are supposed to work. Meanwhile, the gentleman next to me says, you know, Larry, this, this candidate, he was a principal for an elementary school for a number of years, and they have a great success record. And guess what? We have an elementary school that needs help, needs new leadership. Well, as soon as he said that, he, he gave me what I didn't realize that I needed. He answered a question that I didn't know I had. I saw what he was trying to explain, and, and, and then I was in total agreement. So that's collaboration, understanding what the other person's needs are and trying to figure out a way to meet those needs. And that takes communication. And that takes the ability to work with different types of personalities. And that takes people who understand that when you are asking questions, you're not attacking them. Well, I'm going to actually take a piece of what you did, and I'm going to roll it over. I'm going to ask uh, Dr. Thompson what he thinks uh, or what his answer might be. And 
I I understand where where Larry is coming from about wanting you want everybody reach that consensus so that there's a unified front at the vote thing. But honestly, in a situation like the equity plan, there is a lot of community unease with the the, the concept. Uh, a lot of community unease with the way the the process was put forward the tone that the superintendent took, the things that the school board did and all that. And so there was, I think, natural conflict there. Where in that process do you think, Dr. Thompson, where that should be resolved? Is that something that should be completely behind closed doors? Should we be able to have that conversation on the public dais? Where in that do you fall? For an endeavor that big, my, my thoughts are that once the board and the superintendent had decided what they want to do, they need to go ahead and open that up before you spend money, before you make the next step to, to the district to let them know that this is what we this is the direction because you're not going to get it done right I, I, that and that's not quite what I was trying to get at. I apologize if I wasn't clear. I'm asking if there is a fundamental disagreement like uh, what. Larry was discussing where there was a holdout or in the board's case, there were three holdouts or, you know, there was four or three that they were having these conversations. And a lot of that ratio was pretty consistent through the whole thing. How, how and where should the board work those differences out? Should work those out behind closed doors. You trust that everyone has good intentions. And you, no one reads minds. When we try to read minds, we're always wrong. So he didn't understand the question. The, the fellow gentleman didn't understand his question. And he was taking a defensive posture, which then he's not listening. Someone else heard and, and, and helped. But people, we have to trust one another if you're going to work together. And you trust that there was a reason, and we don't always explain ourselves well, especially if we, you, know, you see the gentleman got angry. Well, you don't think very well once you're angry. Okay. Kathy, where do you fall on this? I think that this, and this is something I fully believe that is, is, is available for good faith disagreement, but where do you fall? I mean, we watched last spring a lot of this happen on the board, and it felt very uncomfortable but on the same side, the, the whole entire subject is uncomfortable for a lot of people. So where do you fall on this? Sure. Well, there are different things that the board's required to do. So as as was mentioned, when when there are hiring discussions, that's in a closed session. So certainly closed session discussions are not public. Not The public's not invited into those. What I didn't know for a long time, just when my kids were going to school, was that the board does what are called work sessions. And to me... The public is, you know, those are open. The public can participate in those, can attend those events. And work sessions are where the questions and the conversations, not about employment, you know, or hiring, but something like an equity plan or something like a, a new math program that we're going to look at or a dyslexia program for our kids. Those work sessions are the valuable time for the board to ask the tough questions of each other of the staff to understand the data and the reasons why the superintendent and his staff are making that recommendation and to really level set on where as a board we agree and disagree. Now, do I think sometimes there'll be a vote 
in the public board meeting that we may have four, three, or you know, different votes, up, down votes, we absolutely should. You may leave that work session and not agree to move forward, and you should vote what the data has told you and what your communication with your community has told you to vote for. I don't think it should just be an automatic rubber stamp agreement. But I will tell you the work session is the meat of the party, and I didn't even know about those work sessions for a long, long time. So I would encourage the public to watch for, we know when the published board meetings are, you gotta watch for when those work sessions are and sit in so you can see the questions and the answers to really understand why the boards decide a certain way. I, I like that she just did that plug. That's that's that was, one of our favorite things. That actually, was yes, totally know when the meetings are and go. We want people to go to those. And we're be not the, we're not the judges here, but that was good sucking up to the judges. All right, <laughs> moving on. I uh, this is where this is where I don't like that we're on time constraints because I I would love to to dig in a lot more with each of the three of you on on that topic. But we want we want to move on and 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 also Kathy says she has a hard deadline, so we're gonna <laughs> we're we're gonna keep this moving. I want to I want to get to to one last topic, and I want to talk about issues and opportunities that are facing the district and, and and what your perspectives offer on on that Larry I'm gonna I'm gonna start with you on this um, you talked a lot about self-evaluation in your in your questionnaire responses um, what tools are, are, were you referring to you mentioned you mentioned that there are tools out there you've said it earlier too and and then how do you I guess what are those tools, and how are you going to communicate with the? I'm losing my train here. The Jason. public is that the, the word public, you're looking for? The public, man, I am off my game today, and communicate with that because I, I, you seem to think that there there were tools, and tell me if I'm reading this wrong, if I'm putting words in your mouth. Your answer in that questionnaire led me to think that you thought there were tools available that weren't being used, and that is an issue right now. Well. You're talking about and in the biggest issues, and, and one of the biggest issues, and, and help me if I circle around. I asked a horrible question, and you can, you can call right. me on so, it. So one of the biggest issues right now is the district has left the board behind, okay? The district is performing at an extremely high level, and as can be seen over the last five years, the board has not kept up with their side of the deal here. And so... Basically, as I said, the district has outgrown the board. So the board needs to step up, and the board needs to be performing at a higher level. So, so what do you, what do you mean by perform at a higher level? Like what, what attributes should the board exhibit that they're not exhibiting now? Well, let's take, the, uh, let's take uh, the way the board interacts with each other right now, okay? So from my experience, what I see is this bickering and, and this, this unprofessional behavior and condescending remarks and stuff like that. That's what causes that lack of trust. Well, what we would have to do when we get into that, when, when, when I get onto that meeting, is we need to try to encourage the members to say, look, we've got bad habits. We need to change our habits. And, and we've got the opportunity with a new superintendent coming in. And we need to get this relationship right because we haven't done it right for the last two times, okay? So one of the tools that we can do to start right off the bat, because Dr. Buck is going to have his, his desires and goals, and we're going to have to work through that, is we've got to stop this bad habit. So what we're going to do is we're going to have protocols. And we're going to sit down with Dr. Buck and the school board, and we're going we're gonna to lay out these protocols on behavior when we talk to each other. And then and, and we're going to say, OK, these protocols are going to be followed for the next year 
because we need to break the bad habits. We need to learn new ways of communicating, and we need to give Dr. Buck time to get established and get his game on, on board and what he wants to accomplish. So that's one tool that allows us to, to move forward and, 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 and operate at a higher level, okay, because we've got to change those bad habits. Another tool is the DESE superintendent evaluation tool. Now, I'm not privy to whether that's been used or not, but it's my opinion that the evaluation tool that's being used now is not being used the way it's supposed to be. It's not a thorough enough tool. And that is a valuable tool that I've had five years of experience of implementing. So again, we have this opportunity with Dr. Buck, a new relationship. I have the experience to use that DESE tool, and I've had success with it because I was the one that initiated it because my superintendent at the time hadn't been evaluated for five years. Well, that's that's the one number one priority of the board. So... I can use that tool and I can show the other board members how to use that tool and how we use that tool to increase communication, identify what needs to be done, and let Dr. Buck come up with his game plan and we agree to it so that we've got a, ra a road to follow and we can see if we're, we're swaying away, we can make the adjustments and get back. So at the, end of the, at the end of the year or at the end of the term, they're like, wait a minute, we thought we were going here and you're over here. That won't happen, you see. So there are methods out there that we need to uh, incorporate. And, and the board just needs a fresh look. They need a fresh person that has the experience to maybe look at things differently and to, to lead the board down a new path. And that's why I want to run for, for the board. Dr. Thompson, I'm going to look at you now. And when you look at the, the school district where we are right now, can you tell me a little bit of the, the maybe an opportunity and an issue that you think are, are immediate that, that, that are going to be addressed? Immediate. <laughs> well, right now, what are, the, what, are the, what are the opportunities there? The information I get is from people who have children recently in the district. Okay. With the, the change in the uh, makeup of our part of our student population, family population, we're getting behavior and lower performance out of you know, minority groups, notorious, some. Uh, we can do better. Um, what I've heard from people in those, some of the neighborhoods is that they have distrust and they don't have, they came out here thinking it would be a better school district, but their expectations aren't being met. And a lot, much of it is their own fault. But it's, you know, that's, that's a social thing. Um, we're not going to improve our graduation rate immediately because it's already high. You, incremental growth doesn't happen. At, you just, we're already at high level. But uh, the peace in the community, so that uh, we want to have more funding, but that's not going to happen because Missouri's a, a low tax state, and people aren't. And the whole country doesn't want to pay more taxes. But the greatest value for a dollar is in education, and until we can educate our population, understand a few dollars more will get us more with a better system. Uh, if if we've had the bickering, the school board, well, we're just throwing away a million dollars for nothing to just to get rid of the district. That's, those kind of mistakes uh, are going to hurt, are hurting. 
where we can what the one thing that we can do is bring hopefully some peace and allow this new administrator to to settle in and develop rules that he can live by and we can live by and get a little more distrust a lot more distrust uh, from the community thank you well kathy is your opportunity to talk about the biggest issue or opportunity you think faces the district here before we wrap up so the issues are really the reason i'm running that's my platform we need to make sure that we keep our promises we've made a lot of promises we need to be accountable to those we need to plan for the future our strategic plan is up in 2021 and it's my understanding in talking with people that it's really a dusty book on the shelf we've got to have a strategic plan for this district that's livable breathable and updated all the time it needs to come into every meeting and guide our every decision we've got to be transparent in our communication we have to have a strategic communication plan and we've got to deliver on those communication strategies and then we've got to partner through change we've got to be change agents and change leaders and we've got to engage people across the community to share in that change effort and make sure people have that clear communication so that they can buy in and trust and be a part of the change I think our opportunities are huge in this district. We've got great teachers, we've got great staff, we've got awesome students, and we just need to meet each student where they are with their improving their educational opportunities along the way. And looking at those future-ready learning environments, looking at the, the partnerships and the changes that we can make for our students to meet them where they are and meet their educational needs we're going to be successful and we're going to improve every student's success well i want to we're going to wrap things up and i want to thank each of you for for taking the time tonight this is this is an evening you came out to talk with us and i know this is early in the process we're not the first forum so so hopefully this will help get some conversation started i know if we had time i wanted to i'd love to dig in some more on some of those and while jason and i do not do endorsements it, there is one question it, that we are asking every candidate the most important question we and will ever this ask this will decide everything if if i were to put a plate two plates in front of each of you one plate holds tacos. One plate holds burgers. I need to know, what is your choice? We'll start with you, Dr. Thompson. I'm a burger man. Fair. Wrong. Fair. I mean, it's the wrong, wrong answer. But, but, that, but that, that, yeah, you're allowed. You're Larry? allowed. Larry? How are you? I'd say it depends on the mood. <laughs> that is the word. No, 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 we, no don't allow, we don't allow right. political answers Fine. on that. Given your mood right now, what, are you, right what are you looking now, for? I'm thinking of a cheeseburger. All right. Well, it's all this wrongness. I'm gonna like we're gonna oh. have some issues with the district, Kathy. It, you are allowed to suck up, but I want your honest answer here. It depends on the mood. It depends on the once restaurant. again. You okay. have to give me but an I, answer. I right know now. one thing. I will go to Kathy Campbell for LSR Seven uh, Kids uh, to find the answer to that question. There is there is only one answer worse than burgers, and that's no answer at all, Kathy. You have disappointed me greatly. That is I am disappointed. Sad. I'm saddened. By and this is this is a uh, this is a battle that we have with some fellow business owners in town, and we will it will continue, and Team Taco will prevail. Team Taco. <laughs> 
Thank you all of you, each of you, for, 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 for joining us for this. Uh, we, we appreciate you taking the time, and more importantly, we appreciate you joining the race, being involved in the community, and, and being willing to do it. It's not easy. Or fun. To, to, or fun. <laughs> Jason, who has done it before, it's not easy or, or, or all the time fun to, to, to run for elected office. So thank you for your time, both here and, and in your service in the community. And we do wish you all good luck in the election. And we will talk to everybody next week. I'm going to give one more sponsor. Thank you, Jason. A big thank you to Shred Casey, who has for many, many months, they have helped bring the Lee Summit Town Hall podcast to the people of Lee Summit. And I got to say this, they have brought the general, the average fitness level of this podcast up by their mere presence. That's true. I, I can live vicariously through those people. Because I have been dragging it down for many more <laughs> months than that. Hey, look, if you are ready to make a change, live your life a little more healthy, eat better, get more fit, go see our friends at Shred KC. They are the positive influence and the knowledgeable minds that you need in your life. Tell them Jason next thing you. You have been listening to Lee Summit Town Hall, a link to Lee Summit podcast with hosts Nick Parker and Jason Norberry. A proud member of the Fredcast Network, you can subscribe to this podcast on most of your favorite podcast apps and catch us every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for all the news, analysis, and conversations on the Lee Summit community. Connect with us on Facebook at Link to Lee Summit or on Twitter at LS Town Hall. <laughs> <laughs>